Riders Radio Theater is on the air. Go to Lando. It's the Riders on the Lando. Come on, partner, saddle up and go. Get ready for the Cowboy Show. You're a lady, you're a lady, day. We've been working since the break of day. We've been doing it the Cowboy way. Now it's time to play. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle the tune. We're gonna hoot and holler and howl at the moon. Partners, it's time to settle up and ride their ways once again with America's favorite cowboys, riders in the sky. To Slim, the man of many hats, Woody Paul, the king of the cowboy fiddlers, and Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. This is Texas Big Spender inviting you to join Riders in the Sky for a thrilling program of high yodeling adventure. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle the tune. We're gonna hoot and holler and howl at the moon. Red and Buckaroo. There's a place around the fire for you with riders in the sky. So come on and let's ride. And now, with the 2148th performance of their career, here are Riders in the Sky. Yeah. Whoop. Listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelievable. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarettes. We've got a lot of show ahead of you, so let me be brief in introducing Riders in the Sky to you tonight. Over here to my left, Too Slim. Glad to be here. Thanks, Ranger Doug. Great to be here. Cincinnati, Queen City of the West. Wow. That's right. I, of course, remain Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. Glad to be here, too. To my right, your left, His Royal Majesty Woody Paul, King of the Cowboy Fiddlers. Thank you. And on my far right, your far left, the Sultan of the Stomach Steinway, Joey the Cowpolka King. Let's saddle up and ride to the Cowboy Jubilee. Sure you'll agree at the Cowboy Jubilee. 
Touch that dial just like a bad penny writer's radio theater will return after this heartfelt message from Campfire Light Broadcasting. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Stuck in the Slow Lane. This is Robin Leach. This week on Radio Lifestyles of the Hopelessly Mediocre, we take an intimate, close-up, candid look-see at country music's newest nabob, would-be chart-topper Drywall Paul. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. Yep. They followed me around for two or three hours. That little old video camera just wasn't away there. Got what you might call a... Get in the mud on old drywall. <laughs> we'll take you into the previously off-limits private life of the cornball country crooner. Here he is in his rarely photographed domicile, his exotic escape from the pressing pressures of being the Skillsaw record label's number one artiste. Yep, this here's my little mobile home. Built it all myself. You probably noticed how it's shaped like a guitar. <laughs> Just press the door buzzer of this movable feast for the senses and you'll know immediately whose happy home you're about to inhabit. Yep, that was my biggest hit so far, living in a mobile home. That sucker sold up into the three digits. And the ladies will want to know who shares the rich rewards of inter-county megastardom with this semi-talented tune slinger. You'll meet her in all her reflected glory. <laughs> Tell about the time I drove fell off the pot, darling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mama. Well, I missed the exit one time when we was driving down the interstate there, and I, I was trying to turn around into millionaire, and I, I didn't know Mama was on the throne at the time. And I gunned it real hard there, and... Like I pitched her in the next week. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, she's a forgiving woman, but she ain't never got over that one real good. Right, sweet Pete? <laughs> I'll get even with you some day. Oh, Tender moments like this abound on this gloves-off glimpse into the drywall domain. Hey, you want to see my matchbooks here? Look here, my, I got my best Parker autograph right here. You want to see it? Hey, my motel soap collection. It's a lifestyle we can all learn a lesson from, and it's this week on Radio Lifestyles of the Helplessly Mediocre. This is Robin Leach saying, tune in and help me parlay your envy and jealousy into a lucrative broadcasting career so that I myself can live like the rich and famous. So long now. Check local listings for Radio Lifestyles of the Hopelessly Mediocre. Next week, the Queen Elizabeth Trio backstage at Buckingham Palace. And now back to Riders Radio Theater. Thank you, Texas Dick Bender, the voice that sold a million ticks over Border Radio. Well, it's uh, music time here in Riders Radio Theater, and Two Slim's going to present one of his own compositions right. for your musical entertainment. Right, you are, Ranger Doug. I came over and picked up the guitar, for those of you taking notes. What kind of guitar is it, Slim? That's a, I have no idea. I think it's yours, Ranger Doug. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but I certainly know how to play it. Here's a, a tune I wrote uh, in a Waffle House in Salt Lake City. I, one, two, three, two, two, three. Last night I saw Pancho Villa. He came to me in a dream. He said he would wait in the mountains. He would wait for me by a stream. He said that the white horse Bianca was mine forever to ride. With the bandits of sweet liberation If I join his army tonight He said, ride, ride with me, gringo Ride for the glory and gold Ride, ride with me, gringo Ride with your heart and your soul And viva la revolution The flowers of freedom unfold Come and ride, ride with me, gringo Ride for the glory and gold He said we live high in the mountains 
with eagles and lions for brothers. And we ride with brave senoritas, with the truest of hearts for our lovers. We attack and we vanish into the silvery light where the bandits of sweet liberation come join the army tonight. Ride, ride with me, gringo. Ride for the glory and gold. Ride, ride with me, gringo. Ride with your heart and your soul. And viva la revolution. The flowers of freedom unfold. Come and ride. stillness this morning and Pancho Villa was gone. I watched the sun on the mountains and I remembered the words to his song. Now I give you my horse and my saddle. Today I ride on a dream to a rendezvous in the mountains. They're waiting for me by a stream. Ride, ride with me, gringo. Ride for the glory and gold. Ride, ride with me, gringo. Ride with your heart and your soul. And viva la revolution. The flowers of freedom take hold. Come and ride, ride with me, gringo. Ride for the glory and gold. Last night I saw Pancho Villa. Riders Radio Theater is a Mammoth Radio Pictures production in association with WVXU. This program is being taped live at the Emory Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. Stay with us, Saddle Pals. We'll be right back. Here's a little bit of the Ranger Doug original singing a song to the sky. Buggeroos and Buggerettes, you're listening to Riders Radio Theater. (laughs) 
And now Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode eight of the exciting Western melodrama, Phantom of the Valley. As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, Ranger Doug has been framed for a crime he didn't commit by the archfiend Slocum and Charlie. Then, while out on bail pending an appeal for his conviction, Ranger Doug visited the perfect master ranger, Yodel, who advised him to... Return home and walk into rocks. Then will the way be revealed to you. This Ranger Doug did again and again and yet again. Until in our last episode, he walked into a big pink rock shaped like Jimmy Durante's schnozzola. Oh, good night, Mrs. Catherine. And it slid back to reveal stone steps leading down into a deep, dark cavern. As Ranger Doug carefully made his way down the steps, his hand slide slid along the wall and encountered an ancient torch, which he lit and then continued on. But its light was feeble, and he failed to see a tripwire across one of the steps. The toe of his boot caught it. He tripped, lost his balance, and went tumbling out into a black subterranean void. That's where we left it last week. And now it's time to find out what happens next as we now present episode eight of Phantom of the Valley entitled The Phantom Rides. As Ranger Doug plummets through the darkness, a strange thing happens. He begins to glide rather than fall. The reason for this is his big wide-brimmed hat. It acts as an airfoil and turns its rock-like descent into a smooth circular spiral. The only problem is the large number of stalactites hanging from the cavern ceiling all around him. Uh-oh. But by grabbing his big white hat fore and aft along with precision twists and turns of his head, he is able to miss all of them. Whew. It's the monument-sized stalagmite protruding from the underground lake on the cavern floor that gets him. I thought as much. Oh! The crash knocks him out, and he slides off the stalagmite and into the murky waters below, where he sinks lifelessly towards the bottom. Meanwhile, on the surface, high above, Amazing Turbo, the wonder horse of the West, has become concerned over his missing faithful rider. With usual unerring horse sense, he opts for action. Raising one powerful hoof, he pushes against the huge nozzola-shaped boulder and gives it a shove, and it immediately slides back. Gingerly, the Wonder Horse begins to make his way down the stone steps into the darkness below. He is, of course, very careful to avoid all the tripwires that were placed along the way to ward off intruders. And in no time, he safely reaches the bottom and stands on the edge of a large underground lake. His keen eyes detect a big white hat floating on the water near a monument-sized stalagmite. Sensing trouble, he jumps in the water without hesitation and swims to the side of the hat. Once there, he takes a deep breath and dies. Seconds later, he reemerges from the watery depths, and in his powerful jaws is a shirt collar attached to a shirt worn by Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. With strong kicks of his muscular legs, Turbo quickly powers his way to the lake's rocky shore and drags Ranger Doug to safety. Then, without a pause, he immediately applies CPR. As, as faithful listeners will not be a bit surprised to learn, Amazing Turbo has successfully completed both junior and senior YMCA, I mean YHCA, life-saving courses and is outstandingly qualified for the task at hand. Thus it is that only seconds later, Ranger Doug revives. <clears throat> oh, what oh, happened? Oh, thank you, horse. Wow, where am I? Who am I? I seem to be in a kind of a dark underground cave. I, I can't remember how I got here or why. Maybe if I take a look around, I can figure it out. Oh, can I lean on you, horse? 
Slowly, agonizingly, Ranger Doug pulls himself to his feet. His mind is reeling from one confusing thought to another. Oh. Who is he? Why is he here? What should he do? The effects of the fall and the short deprivation of oxygen when he nearly drowned have caused amnesia. His bruised gray matter struggles fiercely to restore order and find identity, but it is to no avail. Then his eyes light on the still burning torch. Remember that, that he dropped in his earlier fall. Same. Miraculously, it fell clear of the water and still burns. He picks it up. Gee, look at the size of this place. Those stalactites make this place look like an immense cathedral. That lake, it stretches as far as the eye can see. And when he turns to look behind him, he sees a very amazing sight. Look at this. It's an apartment. Velvet drapes. Wood-paneled walls. Bookcases full of rare old manuscripts and bound in, in Corinthian leather. Brass and crystal candelabras all around and wardrobes full of fancy Mexican clothing and... Everywhere, furniture of the finest craftsmanship. But three things in particular stand out. Yes, they do. First, an oak rack filled with masks. Every one has a, a big fake nose and funny glasses and a bushy mustache. Second, an exquisite writing table. And there, on it, a, a big hand-tooled leather-bound volume with the words diary on it. And over here, look at this. A huge enameled accordion next to a teakwood music stand. And it is toward the, but it is toward the writing table and the diary on it that Ranger Doug is drawn. Gosh, this diary is covered in dust. I, I guess I haven't made any entries in a while. <laughs> hmm, the diary of Don Ricardo Probuscus. Why, that must be my name. And I guess this is my apartment. Surely that's not my accordion. Wait a minute, the title of this piece of music is Don Ricardo Triumphant. I guess this is my accordion. Well, it could be worse. It could be a banjo. <laughs> Say, maybe I can regain my memory by reading my diary or at least learn a little something about myself. <laughs> Whew, this cave dust is rough on the sciences. Let's see what it has to say here. The diary of Don Ricardo Proboscis by Don Ricardo Proboscis. Hmm, it is written in Spanish, but for some reason, when I read it, I loud it comes out in English with a Ricardo Montalban accent. <laughs> Por que no? Seguro que si. Perhaps if I read on, I will find the answer to this puzzle. I am Don Ricardo Provasquez. I live in a secret cave. It's not so bad here. But I have my beloved accordion, my books, and all the comforts of life above ground. Still, I have developed a, a chronic... Post-nasal drip. Fortunately, I have a lifetime supply of monogrammed handkerchiefs. I live here in hiding because my face was horribly disfigured when my hacienda was torched and burned by the evil neighbor Valdez. Now, I wear a mask and ride for justice. They call me the Phantom of the Valley! While Ranger Doug reads what he believes to be his diary, his absence doesn't go unnoticed back at the famed old Triple X Ranch when the riders sit down to dinner. Gosh, where's Ranger Doug? Anybody seen him since this morning? No, and Turbo's not in his stall either. Well, it ain't like him to miss dinner food. Yeah, he's a glutton for punishment. Yeah, he, he always that. Say, wait a minute, if you want to cook your hey, governor, I'm sure Ranger Doug's okay. He's just out there still trying to solve that enigma of his. Yeah, if he was in trouble, he'd let us know. Sure he would, but just be on the safe side. Maybe we ought to call Sheriff Drywall and ask him to keep an eye out for him. Great idea, Woody. 
Really? Gosh, that's usually my line the ranger does. <laughs> I'm going to call him right now. While Too Slim goes to make his call, the high sheriff is just finishing a call of his own. Oh, uh, no, Mr. Stack. We really don't have any unsolved mysteries here in Tumbleweed Valley. But I'd still like to get on your television show because I've got this great new song I just wrote called Mama Don't Allow No Unsolved Mysteries Around Here. <laughs> I've got to have a real unsolved mystery to get on your show, but, but Mr. Stack. Mr. Stack, hello. Oh, dang, we got cut off. Oh, he's calling me back. Hello? Hi, Sheriff Drywall, composer of Mama Don't Allow No Unsolved Mysteries Around Here. Sheriff Drywall, this is Too Slim out at the Triple X Ranch. You're not Robert Stack. No, I'm too slim out at the Triple X Ranch. Dang, well, what can I do for you, Slim? Well, Ranger Doug is kind of missing. I mean, we know he's okay, or else he'd let us know, see? But we just thought it would be a good idea to let you know he's missing, so you could keep an eye out for him. Hold it there a minute. You say Ranger Doug ain't there, and you don't know where he is? That's right. Hot dog, this is great news. Sir? <laughs> this is great news. This is an unsolved mystery. Now I can get on national TV and sing my new song. Mama don't allow no unsolved mysteries around here. Well, I don't get it. <laughs> don't worry, you will, Slim. And don't worry about Ranger Doug either. He'll be on national TV and probably turn up in no time. Besides, if he was in trouble, he'd let you know. Well, I, I guess you're right. <laughs> I'll be out there with the crew first thing in the morning. Don't disturb any, any evidence or clues until I get there, all right? All right. All right. So long, Drywall. So long. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hello? Hello, Mr. Stack? I got one for you. I got one for you. The case of the missing ranger. As Tumbleweed Valley Law Enforcement swings into action, its societal opposite is gearing up for a little action of a different sort. <laughs> okay, Charlie. Time to put on the fake fox outfit and get going. By the time you get to Red Pullet's Chicken Ranch, it'll be dark. That's when you start the stampede. <laughs> right. Say, Slocum, huh? you sure this fake fox outfit's gonna scare them chickens? Charlie, why do you think they call them chickens? Because uh, they're chicken? Well, bingo, Charlie. Oh, right. <laughs> when you get there, don't forget to open the corral gate before you let them see you. Then you chase them across the flats and over the edge of suicide bluffs. Ha! <laughs> then no more chickens. Red Pullet will be out of business and we can pick up his ranch for a song. Right. <laughs> Got it? Got it. <laughs> no slip-ups, right? Not me, boss. So long, Slocum. So long, Charlie. As dark di darkness descends on the surface world of Tumbleweed Valley in a secret subterranean world below, a strange and very bizarre scene is about to unfold. Hmm. According to this diary, Valdez is planning to raid the hacienda of mi amigo Pollo Rojo. I must not let this happen. Let me see. I shall wear this mask with the big mustachio, funny glasses, and fake nose. This black vaquero outfit. This big black hat. And this satin blind cape. Hmm. This palomino horse will be too easy to spot. I know. I will use charcoal to turn him black as the night. <laughs> That night, a quarter moon hangs high in the western sky and illuminates the world-famous Red Pullet Chicken Ranch. Chickens of every breed and description have been raised by a succession of owners on this legendary ranch for over 300 years. But this night will witness a sight unlike any other in the history of this venerable hatchery. It begins when a 300-pound fox suddenly materializes by the corral gate. <laughs> so I'll just open the gate and they'll head the right direction. <laughs> that does it. Now I'll sneak over and wake them chickens up to their worst nightmare. <laughs> wake up, chickens! <laughs> wake up! Wake up! 
Come to Foxy Loxy. Huge chicken hurt like a bad yolk. And only seconds later, panic sets in and a chicken stampede begins. I'm gonna get ya. The terrorized chickens scramble through the corral gate and wings flapping, feathers flying, beaks babbling. They scuttle, scamper, and scurry towards their doom. Charlie is right behind them at first, but as their fear gives wings to their feet, he is hard put to keep up with them and soon falls behind. But the chickens are too scared to look back and continue their mindless flight. They draw nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer to the edge of the precipice. It appears that nothing can stop the terrible carnage that will result if they don't change direction. Then suddenly, on a nearby knoll silhouetted against the sky, a jet black horse carrying a masked figure dressed all in black and wrapped in a black cape gallops forth. He pauses for a moment, sneezes mightily. Then the great horse rears back on his hind legs and with a powerful lunge, horse and rider off, racing the terrified chickens for the edge of the cliff. With breathtaking leaps, the galloping stallion quickly overtakes the fleeing chickens and only seconds before they would have plummeted to their doom, he turns the lead chicken and heads the panicked poultry back the way they came. Then, seeing the huge fox in their path, the masked rider takes a coiled bullwhip from around his saddle horn and at full gallop sends it cracking through the dusty night air. The end of it wraps around the fake fox's legs and sends him sprawling to the ground as he lands his fake head twists around, blocking his vision. His work done, the phantom rider pulls his horse out of the stampede and with another mighty sneeze and a hearty laugh, he drops a monogram handkerchief and rides off into the night. Meanwhile, back at the chicken stampede, the chickens have noticed the downed and helpless fox, and a million years of genetic fear and hatred boil over, and 10,000 berserk, blood-crazed chickens bear down on their defenseless enemies. Oh, I gotta get this head turned. That's better. Nice. Whoa! With stunning clarity, Charlie looks up and sees a fox's vision of hell. But before he can react, it is too late. No! Are the stampeding chickens about to dish up an extra crispy serving of poultry poetic justice? To find out, you simply must join us for episode nine of Phantom of the Valley, entitled, As the Chicken Turns. It's original flavored, half-baked, finger-licking good melodrama you won't want to miss. And it's coming next week to this, Theater of the Mind. And now here again are Riders of the Sky. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarettes. What a thrilling adventure we had this week. Would you like to remind you, of course, to tune in to the same time, same station next week for another episode just as thrilling, we hope, and our special guest, the Bobs, next week. But for right now, it's time for us to say, well, so long, settled pals. We'll see you next time. Don't forget Two Slim's Mercantile. And Slim, you have a word for the folks? I want to remind the folks, always drink upstream from the herd, Ranger Doug. Thank you. That's good advice in my book. Till we meet again. So long, saddle The cast and guests of Riders Radio Theater bunk at the Quality Hotel Central in Norwood, Ohio. For more information on Riders in the Sky, Two Slims Mercantile, or Riders in the Sky International Fan Club, write to Riders in the Sky, Post Office Box 277, White Street, Tennessee, 37189. Riders Radio Theater was conceived, written, and directed, and performed by Riders in the Sky, along with yours truly, Texas Big Spender. The production foreman is Campfire Bird. Our sound effects wrangler is Big Zeno Clinker. For WVXU, the executive producer is J.C. Doc King. Producer Lasso and Larry Ashcraft. Coordinating producer Chuck Wagonmaster Ingram. Chief engineer Jamboree J. Crawford. Recording director Galloping George Son. Sound effects Honcho Winchester Jim Springville. And stage manager Solid L. Ron Esposito. This is Texas Big Spenders saying so long, Saddle Pals. We'll see you next week on Riders Radio Theater. <laughs> <laughs>